Hey, Fellowship Asheville, uh, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Fellowship Asheville ConvoCast, where we hope to inspire you with stories of what, about what God is doing in and through the people of Fellowship Asheville. And in season two, um, we are introducing you to our deacons and staff. And today I have one of our deacons with us, Scott Bobbitt. Uh, so Scott, tell us a little bit about who you are. Describe yourself to those who are watching and listening. Ah, okay. As the husband, my wife is Stephanie, and uh, a very godly, wonderful woman who came into my life some, what's that, 32 years ago? Uh, we got married on April 15th, so our anniversary is like a couple of days. Yeah, because yeah. we are recording tax this day, on April 13th. Oh, yeah, so that's easy to remember, tax day, except they keep yeah, it on Yeah, but this. you don't have any money, so it's okay. I mean, yeah, so I, so, yeah. Anyway, but we're getting it done. And then, uh, so, and I got three kids. Parker lives in Chicago, works in Chicago, my oldest. My middle child, Sally, is currently doing four, four and a half months in e Egypt. And uh, she's over there doing, I guess that's a semester at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, and uh, let's see, Zach goes to, University of Alabama in Huntsville, and uh, that's the only Alabama I like because I'm a Georgia fan. So, uh, but but he does he he's enjoying it down there. And uh, I work for Carolina Real Estate Pros. We buy and sell houses, and uh, just um, it keeps keeps me hopping. That's great. Well, what's something about you that most folks don't know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I thought about something that uh nobody I don't even think my wife knows this uh, so and well this is an interesting thing because the answer to why this happened is going to be I'll have to tell it really quick to make it yeah. not sound really weird so I took fourteen showers in one day so and the reason <laughs> that does I sound took really four, weird yeah <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I took the reason I took 14 showers in one day is I used to be in the pig business. I was in pharmaceuticals for animal health, okay. but I was specifically a pig veterinarian. I called them pig vets, and uh, they were having this particular outbreak in eastern North Carolina, and I was over there working for four days straight. And um, so when you go into a hog farm, you have there's a lot of biosecurity involved so you have to take a shower going in and coming out so it's like like a like you walk through something and get sprayed or like a legit shower? well you know no you uh okay so you <laughs> you take your shower and you are and then you put on their clothes uh, okay they're on the other side on the on the clean side mm -hmm. you put on their clothes do the work you've got to do come back over put your clothes back on after you've taken a shower out. Okay. So it's a shower well, in, shower out. And so did you correct. do that and seven obviously times? I, I went to seven farms that day. Yes. So that was, uh, wow. It was interesting. <laughs> but, but I, I, I think more importantly is the fact that I was in the pig business. A lot of people think, well, that's weird. You know? Yeah. I guess people have to be in the pig business, but yeah. yeah. But so when when Andrew in his sermon Sunday talked about pigs, uh, he yeah mentioned, I was thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking were. about it. I was yeah, 
Yeah. Pigs yeah. are pigs are smart animals. So uh, plus they're tasty. So they are tasty. Yeah. So I have <laughs> yeah. this theory. We'll we'll do a quick diversion here. Um, on Easter, what 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 did y'all eat for Easter? Uh, we're ham, ham, and uh, like you know some kind of greens or something along those lines. And corn pudding is a typical. Oh yeah, that's good. Treat that's good. treat for us. So here's what I've noticed. Every person that I've asked that question to has some sort of pork dish for Easter. Yeah. And is it just kind of us as Christians being like nanny nanny boo boo to the Jews? Like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. Hey, yeah, man, you, can't, you don't know you what you're yeah, missing. Yeah, you can't have it. We can, and we are. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, like that's, no doubt. <laughs> that, that's There's what, no that, doubt that's about what I wonder. That. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think you're dead so, on in that, and we and we make the excuse also for New Year's Day too. You know, you got to have a ham product and collard greens, yeah, some sort of greens and Hoppin' Johns supposedly too, which is black-eyed peas. And, okay, black-eyed peas. Yeah, what's Hoppin'? What 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 is? Well, it's basically black-eyed peas mixed in with tomatoes and onions stewed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. See, I, I love black-eyed I, peas. My wife does not. So um, I usually, if I'm having black eyed peas, I got to make a small bowl. And I usually make a dip or something out yeah. of it. So, so it's, it's, it's good. Cause yeah, I was raised on black eyed peas and, and collard greens uh, on new year's as well. Like that was just part of it. As my, as my family tradition for sure. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Okay. Well, next question is this, Scott, how did you come to know Jesus? Uh, well, I grew up in the church, but it wasn't, uh, you know, I can't say for sure my family was a religious family, per se, because it was more of a, um, we just went, you know, because it was the thing to do. Uh, I got baptized when I was 12 years old in the uh, the cistern behind the preacher, you know, and mm-hmm. I got to talk, and uh, I think I faked myself my way through that one, not really knowing what was going on, being quite honest mm-hmm. with you. I wasn't, I wasn't, it was not proper, but uh, I don't know. I, I always believed in Jesus. I just wasn't, I wasn't, there was no fruit, you know, and then um, when I got married, I think things started to change for me. <clears throat> um, Stephanie being the godly woman that she has helped me a lot. Um, but, you know, what? but I, I've been a Christian and I think I was saved, but I think also on March 2nd, in on in 2018 you know for solidification of you know my thought process and and just really living a more solid life for christ uh i i really i said the words man and i and i I laid it out there and then i think it was july 28th right after that you baptized me in the Mm -hmm. lake right around the corner and Mm -hmm. uh and you know what? It was it was almost like it was set up perfectly because I really leaned on God and Jesus after that because I had to because I'm thinking um, so July 28th, August 19th that next month my mother died mm. and then you know we kind of expected that she had breast cancer, Alzheimer's, and it was a uh, it was. A, it was sad but we kind of expected it we knew it was coming but then uh let's see august 19th and september 19th my dad died then the very next month 
and didn't didn't anticipate that coming. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I was thankful knowing that my mother was saved because we had talked to her. Stephanie had talked to her. I had talked to her. And then then my dad was saved. He'd been studying for the what he called the final exam for a long time. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, so there's 2019 and or 2018. In 2019, Stephanie had breast cancer, and I just, you know, had to lean on Christ. And uh, I guess I'm sitting, I'm, I'm kind of showing not when it happened, but more, you know, just uh, the beauty of it when yeah. it has happened. And everybody knows what happened in 2020. It's just yeah. crazy. So, what do you think would have been different in going through those things with your mom dying, your dad uh, dying, your wife having breast cancer? What would be different if what happened in 2018 didn't happen? Well, I, th I think I would have definitely, I, I probably would have gone to anger, you know, or, or um, I probably would have leaned on anger more. Why is this happening? You know, um, there was, and there's that, there's that confidence of when you, when you know Christ and you know, you know, what's, what's at the end of the tunnel for you. That's, uh, that's that's the goal that's that's what we're all going for i mean and um you know knowing my my mother was in heaven my father was in heaven and my wife she's she's being held in in god's hands uh and you know my flesh obviously i want i want her to be with me i want her to be here with our kids and just you know both grow old together um thank god that worked out that way but um yeah but without christ in my life um you know i i you you tend to i would imagine you could have led to quite a few bad things in my life mm -hmm. um i've never been a i don't know there were times in my youth uh alcohol was was a part of my life and you know too big of a part of my life and i might have gone back to that as a crutch i yeah. don't know yeah so so what happened in 2018 what was what was that event that... <laughs> it's funny you say that um well when billy graham died i'll be honest with you that just uh i don't know some of the testimonies and stuff like that and uh just you know god spoke to me through that hmm. It was just so palpably, it was palpable. I mean, it was, it was, I could touch it. I could feel it. It was, it was real. It was not, it was, it was God calling me home mm. to be, you know, uh, to, to gain the bounty that he had for me and, and the freedom that it, that it gave, that it gives you when you, when you know Christ. You know, yeah. it's not it's not a limitation on life. It's a it's a it's a freedom that you don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. You can. Mm. But, you know, obviously you've got to show fruit. So that's. Uh, but mainly that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Especially yeah. knowing that God knew what was coming up and you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, it set a set the tone for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah.
Um, well, you serve as one of our deacons. Um, for those listening, just so you know, the way we see deacons here at Fellowship Asheville um, is uh, in looking through the, the New Testament where deacons become an office in, in the church, we see them as leaders of servants. And so, so uh, everyone in the church is called to serve, um, uh, but deacons are people who uh, help lead and run ministries of service. And so Scott um, has, wears a couple of different hats as, as deacons. I've seen you uh, working around the building uh, with Mark Lancaster and doing some other stuff, but but your uh, your first step into being a deacon was to lead up a ministry in taking care of those people who call Fellowship Asheville home but are shut in in their home. A, a lot of our older uh, members and, and congregates here that just can't leave their home, um, and so so if you can kind of describe this ministry a little bit, what's, what does that look like? And is there any way that people can, can help you with that? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm much better in person. I mean, but, but obviously that was not an option for quite a long while, especially the last year when everybody was so locked down and scared to death. Um, so I, yeah, just calling people. You know, calling people on the phone, seeing if you can do something physically for them, but like bringing them something or but just, you know, I guess as much as anything, just being a um, just a person to talk to, because I imagine that when you're shut in, uh, I'm, I'm imagining that it's very difficult to get, you know, conversation is not probably at the top of the list of things you're doing especially if you're all alone i mean a lot of these folks have it's a husband and wife which helps but still you know you, you, we're, we're we're uh we're born to be together with each other and then love on each other and talk to each other and be social animals um some more than others but that's you know it's a. Uh, it is difficult just because of what of the parameters we're working under right now um but what people can do is, you know, I think, I think when I look at congregational care, I think about loving people and through Christ inwardly and outwardly. So I'm thinking inwardly is people in our church, you know, but I don't think care when it's congregational care. I think, you know, anybody who is a brother in Christ is deserves that love mm -hmm. and, and just um, what it looks like is maybe find somebody in church that is a little bit less, uh, um, I don't know. You just, I've got people in my life in church that I love dearly and I stay in touch with them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I just, it would be my heart's content. It would be my heart's yearning for everybody to have somebody in church that have that developed a relationship with somebody who maybe you wouldn't normally do that with. Yeah. And just kind of reaching, just getting out of your comfort zone a little bit and talking to everybody and just, and you know, if, even if they live around the corner or if you know, they need something, doing something for those folks, mowing their grass, moving, moving something for them or anything along those lines. Uh, I'm just, I'd love to encourage that. Um, that's a big part of it for me anyway. 
Yeah. Is there is there a specific way people could help you in what you're doing? You know what? I if they're if if they identify somebody because it's if they identify an issue, that would be fantastic. Call me uh, or call Amy, and she'll get in touch with me. But make sure um, you know that you con contact us, even if it's you think something's going on, somebody needs something, anything. It does not matter because. There's a lot of people in this church that want to do stuff for other yeah. folks. Oh yeah. And, and just, and, and just, and it's not selfish. It's that they love everybody, man. Yeah. It's just Christ's love just oozes out of them. Yeah. And, and I'll say this too, you know, if, if, if you're one of those people who want to help um, contact Scott and let him know um, if, if, yeah. if you're one of those people that love to mow yards for folks and, and all that stuff, he would love to, to connect you. And really the best way to get in touch with him on our website, the Deacon's email addresses are listed there. So you can contact Scott directly. You don't have to go there through go. me or go through Amy or go through anybody. Just go to our website and shoot him an email um, and he'll, he'll, he'll take care of you from there, which would be great. Yeah. Now, Scott, I also know in talking to you um, uh, for the past few months, God has laid something else on your heart, which yeah. I would love for you to talk about. Well, um, well, it all started, I, I heard about some kid that died because he had blood cancer. He had a form of a blood cancer. And, uh, and I was like, that is just one of the saddest things I can think of. And, and um, so I went to see, you know, so I was looking for a blood, a, a, I say a bone marrow or a stem cell donation organization. There are a bunch of them out there. Uh, I picked one particularly that started in Germany. And I'll tell you later why I chose them over everything else. But it really doesn't matter who you choose to get registered with. And I'll go ahead and say that because when you're registered, everybody shares their information. You're in, you're in a major database and, and, when they're looking for a match, they do it. Um, they, they're looking at everybody, not just one particular group. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I, you know, when I went to do it, uh, I'm too old, which that's disturbing to me. Cause what is the age limit? <laughs> 18 to 55. To 55. I barely missed it. Barely so, missed it. Oh, barely. Barely missed it. So that just that broke my heart. So, uh but I said, I can still do something. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged. And, and COVID does not make it easy to do this. So what I'm looking for is, is well, you, I guess a little bit more about the disease real quick. So four out of 10 people who have a blood cancer find a match. Wow. Only 40%. And, and so, yeah, only 40%. And and you only have a 30% chance of your match being your family because it has to be a genetic, a really good match in a lot of different parameters for them to match up. So that's leaving another 60%. So, but, but, you know, registering is very easy. It's a, it's a cotton swab in your cheek and you send it in and you're registered. And, um, and, you know, one in one in 100 people who who do the swab are their their hits. They, they, they have a match. So you've got a very low chance of getting matched. 
Uh, and for blood cancers, um, bone marrow donation and stem cell donation is not the initial therapy. It's generally chemotherapy and stuff. This is kind of like a last resort thing. And, uh, um, and, you know, and there's a lot of misconceptions about bone marrow, they, that donation, they act like it hurts like crazy, which, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but I'm saying it's, you know, you, it's more like you just fell off of a horse onto your rear and, you know, you're sore for two days. Yeah. And stem cell donation doesn't hurt at all per se, other than you're just there you have to sit in one spot for a while as they harvest the stem cells out of your blood. Okay. So um, I'm just saying, you know, and when I say that, I'm just, that's not much. Yeah. That's not really much to think about saving a, a, an adult, a child. Yeah. Um, and it just, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I liken it. You know, remember, you remember all the pyramid schemes, I just I, I just like the idea of a thought of let's start let's start this pyramid, man, and let's start see how many people we can get. And every you know, when you when you donate, that person asks other people to donate and just continues to grow it. And and the beautiful thing about it is it just gives me chill bumps. I'm actually thinking about it right now, is when when you do make a hit. You know, and it's because of somebody you chose or, or mm. is on your registry under your name, you get to hear about it. Oh, and really? Yeah. So mm. that's a dream of mine. Since I can't do it, yeah. um, it would be awesome to be able to be the reason that somebody, you know, lived instead of yeah. died. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just... And and so if, if, if only 40% of the people that need it have a match, is that because there's a limited number of people on the registry? Like would that number go Correct. Up more? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it used to be 40% get a match. It's, it's a numbers game. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and genetics plays a very large part in it. So doesn't matter what genetic makeup you have, you're, I mean, there's somebody out there and, and when you're on the registry, you're for, it's for all over the, the world. Yeah. That we have people from Europe coming to the United States, saving little kids and vice versa and stuff like that. So, um, and one of the reasons, and one of the reasons I, I, I uh, contacted or used DKMS is they pay for everything. Okay. So if say you did have to go to Europe to, to do a bone marrow transplant or either do the stem cell thing, they pay for everything, including they pay your employer for your absence from being from work. Wow. So they cover everything to the nines. Wow. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And, uh, and so, so if people listening, if you, if they have questions, can they just email you? Oh yeah. Find out yeah. more about the, the and what, and what I, I would hope to do eventually or relatively soon, since we're kind of opening up some would be to get a bunch of people's names and let's, let's just get a swab, fill out the paperwork and, um, you know, send them all party. in a swab party. There you go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. 
That'd be great. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing that. I know when you and I talked about it, it was very evident that um, it's something that God is stirring in you to be a part mm. of. And I think it's really cool because like you said, how cool would it be to know that you had a part of saving someone's life and, yeah, and, I mean, and over something that you're not going to miss, like the pain that you experience will go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, your body it's will nothing. make more of, of what you donate. Um, yeah. Um, but yet it could save someone's life. So, so thanks for, for sharing yeah. that. Um, all right, Scott, y'all have been coming to fellowship. This is our last question for quite a while. Um, I don't even remember. When did y'all start? Do you remember? We were at the, oh, we were in the, we were in the gym. So uh, were we in the big gym or were we in the small YMCA? Room? Yeah. But with the big gym there at the YMCA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The big okay. gym. Yeah. 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 Oh, y'all started out in the small, there was oh, a small yeah, we started room. off off in the little yoga studio. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't there. Back in the day. And, yeah. and that, that yoga studio has, is all mirrors on the walls. And so people yep. literally stared at themselves the whole, the whole service. <laughs> so we, we, we tried to cover them up, but it, they would, the curtains would fall that off. Is it funny. was a mess. Yeah. 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 So we were glad to move to the gym, um, <laughs> to get rid of the uh, mirror. Yeah. The mirrors. Um, um, so y'all been, y'all been here at fellowship for quite a while. How would, how would you describe fellowship in one word or a short phrase? Okay. I've thought about this. Yeah. Um, I was thinking intentional. Hmm. I use the word intentional in the sense of, um, look, we, we love everybody that comes through those doors, but we've got a mission, you know, sharing Jesus, sharing the gospel. And, um, and that's our ultimate goal. But the intentionality of uh, of lifting Jesus up and 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 bringing in people—it doesn't matter where you are, you know. It doesn't matter where you are. It matters where you finish, and, and that's the big deal for our church: the intentionality of getting people, and 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 your preaching, and just and, you know everybody in that church, you know uh, that. that are active who are they love people when they come through the door it's fun to watch when i'm i get to work the front door every once in a while and uh, it's fun to watch families that come in that you know, maybe their first time and you know the buckners or the montgomery's are out there and you know there's so many of them anyway but it's mm -hmm. just uh but but they just love on people and it's just yeah. fun to watch and uh and then, you know, when you get, they hear the message, we get them going and coming, man. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. It is fun. It is fun. We've got a great group of folks here. Yeah. And you're one of them. So thank you. Thank uh, you for, for being you. And thank you for letting God use you the way that he is. And mm. um, thanks for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate, appreciate you. you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that ends this convo cast for today. Uh, there'll be another one in two weeks. Um, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, do hit like and subscribe because it helps us. Uh, I don't know. It helps us in something with YouTube. I don't know. But but I know it's good. So if you're watching on YouTube, do subscribe. The more subscribers we have, uh, the easier it is for people to find us. That is what I know. And if you subscribe, it also gives you notifications when these come out. Um, much like on mm. iTunes and podcasts, you can listen to them uh, there too. You also get those notifications. So guys, thank you. Uh, I love you. I love being in the church with you and I will see y'all next time. Bye y'all.
See you.